0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of SpinCast. Today, we're diving back into collegiate esports and some other topics on the side of professional esports and some internship opportunities that kind of stem from the collegiate esports um, sphere. So joining us today is Michael Marquette, a.k.a. Donnie. He was the former VP and esports director at LSU. Um, He also works for RLC or in the RLCSX for Rocket League. Um, as a tournament admin slash game host, um, also he used to be an intern at the esports arena in Arlington, Texas. So a lot of cool stuff there. So without further ado, Michael, go ahead introduce yourself. Let's go back in time a little bit. Um, tell us about where your passions in esports kind of started, um, and how that kind of took you down the pathway of going into LSU and becoming the esports director, and then kind of landing you are in your current position as that tournament admin for RLCSX.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, my big like gaming passion probably started back in seventh grade uh during the modern war for two days like going home hopping on xbox with your friends just playing like all night like there's nothing like those days and then going to high school i started to like um i had some friends that picked up csgo when it released back in 2012 i was like okay yeah i guess i'll get this Played it casually here and there And, like, I remember one day I was looking at the main menu, about to play a competitive game or something, and it said, congratulations, ninjas in pajamas for winning this tournament. I was like, that is the funniest team name. So I started looking more and more into it, and uh, I realized that there was actually, like, a market for competitive gamers and people actually competing. And so I looked more and more into it, got super into the Counter-Strike scene all the way up until probably my sophomore year in college. So I started college in 2015, so it it had been a while. But uh, in 2015, also, Rocket League came out, and Rocket League was just, like, that game that really, like, itched my itch for, like, a competitive game that I was, like, super good at, that like, it just made sense in my brain. So I was one of the higher-level players in Rocket League for a while as well, and I didn't even realize LSU had a competitive eSports club until about late 2016 to early 2017, and that's really when we established our Rocket League team. And, um, I mean, ever since our first roster that we established at LSU, we've probably been a top three team for, what is it, 2020 now? So over three, three and a half years now, something like that. Mm-hmm. So being able to create a dynasty like that and see all these other rosters come together, uh, all these other people that are passionate about what you're doing, supporting you and everything, was something that really drove me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, every time someone talks about collegiate esports for Rocket League, LSU's always, if not the best, top three um, yeah, for a right good right. while. And I've only been following Rocket League personally for about two years. and I don't think LSU has ever really dropped off. They're always the, one of the contenders um, and always in that championship game. So that's kind of awesome to hear. Um, a number of different, you know, experiences that you have that I want to kind of dive into a little deeper to show the audience what it really, what all of those look like from a practical standpoint. Um, and we'll start kind of at the esports director kind of role um, at LSU. Take us through kind of what those responsibilities look like. You know, What were the behind-the-scenes actions and responsibilities that you had Um, as you kind of continue to run and develop the program at LSU
1: so our club is still pretty young Uh, roles are constantly changing responsibilities are constantly changing is basically like you define what your role is you define what your responsibilities are Um, basically what my responsibilities were as esports director was I was the point of contact for all the team captains for if they wanted to get something to the executive board if they wanted uh, something in the club to change if they needed something. I was their point of contact that they'd go through. And also, I was in charge of helping all the teams set up uh, tryouts for every single semester, stuff like that. Uh, just anything competitive-wise, if we we're competing against another school, I was the person that was communicating those things to the rest of the people, our communications people, our social media people. Make sure we get out those people like onto social media, have links to all their matches played, make sure we have fans watching.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's um, some really interesting stuff there because I think people don't realize the scope of what goes into just one single event, right? Social media, marketing, graphics, oh, yeah. you know, stream links, also making sure stream stream's live, running that production, making sure that someone's there to run it, et cetera. Et cetera. And making sure the player's in the right space, right? Um, yeah. All of that just helps the players play to their performance, right? Or the, the top of their performance because if they're trying to worry about the logistics and the stream and social media and developing these graphics, all of a sudden your brain's in too many places and you can't focus, right? And it doesn't matter what you're focusing on. If you can't singularly focus on it, you're going to have a little dip in performance, to say the least. And we don't want that when you're competing for championships, obviously. Yeah, it was Um, a big
1: support role. We just supported the players in every way we could.
0: Absolutely, great to hear. Um, Kind of diving into that a little bit further, um, before COVID, um, you know, I used to see LSU at a number of different land competitions. Um, Did anything change kind of in your roles um, when you traveled to some of these land competitions that you competed in, um, whether Rocket League or other games that, was it like a logistical thing or was it um, an experience or behavioral thing? Did players get nervous? Did any of your staff members, you know, have any kind of like, oh, what do we do here because the space is so new? Just take us through like any of those experiences that kind of come to the forefront of your mind when you think about, you know, traveling to these land competitions and how those kind of operate and how you fit into that.
1: So we've been traveling to compete ever since probably summer 2017 is when we first decided to. We traveled to DreamHack Atlanta, which was, I believe, June 2017. And that was really our first like LAN experience as a team or that specific roster, at least, which was really cool. And uh, we actually got to play against a couple pro teams there. We took a game off of one, actually, which is kind of huge for a college team in 2017 when CRL Collegiate Rock League wasn't even a thing back then. We just kind of, like, were running our own student thing. So that was a big deal. It was a really, like, big confidence booster for us, too, because we were able to show up. We were able to compete. We were able to take these professional teams that are traveling from Europe to some close games. But uh, we also had a team go to New York for the EGI uh, Invitational. It was like a Power 5 Invitational where they invited, I believe eight schools where athletic departments flew all their teams up to New York, which we ended up winning while we had one of our senior athletic director associates something like that, actually flew up there with the team, so he got to experience what it was like, and the fact that we won it was probably a pr- pretty cool thing for him to yep.
0: see. Yep, absolutely. Um,
1: obviously, playing at lands is nothing like playing online. There's just like that added pressure on top of everything that you're already competed for because you mess something up you can look over you can see everyone's facial expressions of like oh man that sucks mm-hmm. or i mean you win a game and you have that extra added emotion of like actually yelling i remember when we beat that professional team back at dream hack atlanta i actually stood up like yelled in my seat it was it was awesome
0: yeah absolutely i think it's that next level of hype right the next level of energy and i think that's kind of like where the future of esports lies. My opinion is those land events, right? I think everyone absolutely loves them. It's just trying to find more creative ways to bring, you know, those land events. Um, obviously once COVID has gone, because um, that just puts a hindrance to everything, <laughs> land and in person. Um, but you know, once that's kind of pushed aside and de- dealt with hopefully soon, you know, having those lands kind of those opportunities for everybody, right? All ages, all age groups, and not just for the best of the best at these tippy-toppy um, kind of groups right um, at collegiate sports or pros i'd love to see more lands with more competitors and that kind of stuff so i think it gives so many more people the platforms both in the game and outside of the game to develop their skill skill base and experience that you know level of community and that sense of hype and enjoyment and energy so absolutely agree there kind of shifting gears away from the collegiate side of things um, i'm interested to hear more about the work you do with RLCSX and that's a tongue twister in itself I think Um, but talk us through kind of like what your responsibilities are there and what kind of a typical day looks for you um, while you're working and trying to admin some of these tournaments and obviously big time tournaments mean that's the pro league basically Mm -hmm. um, of Rocket League. So
1: uh, I was hired as a tournament admin which basically means I believe there's eight of us for North America uh, we're in charge of making sure all of these matches are going on time at the same time, finishing on time, et cetera, et cetera. So we're hosting a lot of these games, just uh, as whether it's on stream or off stream or on stream guys Or I mean, we're not the, the casters or the hosts or anything like that. We just are making sure the games are going on time. We have the admin controls. where We're able to pause matches, change scores, uh, change the time of the match, et cetera. So we're just, in case something goes wrong, we're that backup insurance guy that uh, they have in order to help with the matches.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, your kind of role is very overlooked, right? A lot of people don't even, probably don't even know it exists, but there's so many intricacies in there that you know, an admin has to deal with directly to make sure, like you said, the matches are happening on time in the right fashion and if there's any kind of rule concerns or you know, match structure concerns, then there's someone there that's ready to answer. Um, and help to make sure that that everything kind of flows. So the stream doesn't get delayed so the actual tournament or the series of the circuit doesn't get delayed for whatever reason. Um, kind of diving into that. There's, I think, an interesting niche point in there with um, the, you know, you having those admin controls on your steam account. And obviously this kind of plays into an interesting duality in my mind, where in traditional sports, no one owns football, baseball, basketball, right? You don't need admin controls, right? You just basically need a whistle. Uh, but with, um, video games with esports you need publisher access right you need developer access that gives you the ability to pause matches to ability to have those fine-tuned tools to be able to appropriately um, address the situation so talk about kind of that experience of you know what that allows you to do um, now that you have it from that admining standpoint and maybe where you would hope to see either that exist in a bigger fashion or more popular fashion with some other tournament organizers organizers and kind of like what that helps elicit um, from a player standpoint of having those streamlined, you know, well-ran matches.
1: So it's really big, especially for competitive play uh, integrity-wise. I mean, there's these community tournaments that go on where obviously they don't have these controls to pause matches. So if a player disconnects or if the servers just messed up or something like that, they're not able to do anything. They just kind of have to sit there and watch it play out. But, I mean, when it comes to players competing for $4.5 million, it's... Kind of a necessity, so if we're hosting a match and we see a player disconnect having that ability to pause the game so that nothing is going really out of hand, no team's playing at a disadvantage or advantage uh that that just helps us out a lot, and being able to pause it and uh check with the rule set and everything, make sure that everyone's following the rules or be able to take away a goal, add a goal, change the times, restart it from kickoff, stuff like that it's a necessity when it comes to the fact that these players are literally making a living out of this
0: yeah absolutely i think that that you know that's goes way beyond just quality of life that's like literally you know that's like imagine playing the nfl without refs or without like a helmet like it's just nice. not gonna work you know there's gonna be one issue or you're gonna make one hit and all of a sudden it's like oh well that person's broken or like there's no one to throw a penalty after someone broke that person <laughs> so you know absolutely a must there kind of shifting gears um one last time into the last piece and i think this is the most vague and that's why i kind of left that the, the the, for the last, is your internship at the esports arena in Arlington, um, mm-hmm. Texas? Take us through kind of like what that looked like and what you gained from it. Because I think internships in esports, there's a lot of them, but a lot of people don't know that they exist. Um, and obviously, you know, the esports arena in Arlington is the, the biggest one, the biggest esports arena, the biggest dedicated space for esports in the United States. Um, so take us through kind of like what your experiences looked like. Um, what you gained from it and how you think that helped you set you up or build your skills um, as you continued through college and obviously landed a job with RLCSX, one of the biggest games and biggest titles in eSports.
1: So I was uh, hired as one of four interns. We had an event operations intern, which was me. We had a broadcast intern, we had a graphic design intern, and we had a marketing intern. So, I mean, we were working day to day with all of the full-time employees there That were doing their corporate level sponsorships or marketing or social media. We're constantly in with those meetings and everything, seeing what they do on a day-to-day basis. Um, Our big project for the internship was basically we had to create an event that we're going to showcase. It could have been anything. Uh, We didn't have a budget for it, but we just needed to do something that would be interesting that would pull in people. And so what we decided to do was create actually something very similar to this podcast just an in-person thing called the in-game leaders esports summit so it was mainly aimed at educating uh younger students like high school students some college students and their parents specifically about what esports is like how to get a job in this space so we brought in people like sponsorship people from pizza hut who have worked in esports uh they were our name sponsor at the time we brought in people from acer we brought in people like uh optic hex back when he was with optic or hastro who's the ceo of envy people like that so they were able to come in and talk about how they got from point a to point b how they got into the esports industry what they did to make their career so it's really a great way to show these parents and show these high school kids that you don't have to be like an insane gamer to have a career in esports you just have to be a nice person be passionate and know what the esports people are looking for
0: yeah that's uh, i think that statement right there is something that i just absolutely wholeheartedly agree with it's you you don't have to be the best of the best player in the entire world that can you know do these insane flicks or wall shots or ceiling shots or whatever in whatever game you know you can find a great place in the esports industry um simply by not even like just understanding the game because obviously it's extremely relevant um, but there's so many opportunities that you can still be involved in esports something that everyone is so passionate about um, without, you know, having to be that insane type of player, right, which we all know is incredibly difficult to do. Um, and that kind of like brings me to one of my last questions is, you know, looking back kind of holistically at all your different experiences at LSU and the, your internship at Arlington um, and also working in the RLS CSX, Give us like one, you know, bigger, broader piece of advice for especially those younger students, the high school students that you know don't understand really what the future looks like for esports for themselves. Um, and you know, give them that piece of advice that you think you really experience in all these different facets. Kind of focused on you know that holistic idea of like you develop so many different skills and working in all these different positions that obviously kind of like all came together to bring you where you are currently. And obviously, I think the future is pretty bright. Uh, but What is that one piece of advice that you would give these students to really help them take that first step in the direction towards, you know, not even having to worry about being the best of the best and realizing that they have a future, even if they can't be at the top of the top um, from a gameplay standpoint?
1: Uh, I would say just get involved and network. One of the biggest things that I did personally was getting involved with esports LSU. I mean, I was always an esports fan from like 2013 and up, something like that and then really getting involved in late 2016 early 2017 with the esports club just like kind of exposed like how big the scene really is like you're able to talk to these other people that are so passionate about the industry maybe not necessarily your game but they would teach you their game and then you'd understand that scene and then everything would come together like just being able to be with a group uh, have meetings with people discuss like future plans and everything on how to just gain a bigger audience of esports viewers at a school for say is kind of crazy and it taught me a lot
0: yeah so I think that group effort is what needs to change the most almost especially kind of like at any level in esports I think you see it a lot of collegiate esports where like there's one coach or one head coach or one director um, but there's no coach for any of the games right or maybe it's a student coach right mm-hmm. but like you wouldn't ask an athletic director at LSU to be like hey you're gonna coach football basketball baseball soccer lacrosse track swimming like on and on and on like That's how different each game is. Rocket League, CSGO, League of Legends, Dota, like they're all very different games with very different metas that you have to have one person kind of addressing the team, right? Um, And even part, I think over time, part even more, like more levels of analysts and so on and so forth. So totally agree there because I think that group effort goes so well and understanding how to do that at a younger age and network to get that is really important. Um, And this kind of brings me to my last question um, before we run out of time here. Absolutely great talking points and discussion points so far, Um, looking at the future of esports from a global perspective at all levels, all ages, all businesses, all kind of um, Mm -hmm. models or whatever. What do you think that one biggest thing that you think needs to change or be improved on um, or just taken to that next level to really bring esports from where it is now is like a really great, incredibly quickly growing industry and it's already very large, but bringing it to like the being mainstream, right? Cause I think it exists in a massive way, but I think from the mainstream perspective, what you see on ESPN or CBS or CNN, you still have that kind of like negative approach towards esports. People still are kind of weary about it. They don't really understand it. Um, what do you think that, that one thing is that kind of brings esports to that next level to be on par with NFL or soccer or like, you know, the world cup, these massive kind of competitions that everyone knows about? Um, and everyone's very active and involved. in.
1: Honestly, I'd say we're on track right now to be there within the next five years, if I had to guess. I mean, you see these world championships that are being sponsored by these big name corporate sponsors that you would see at any NFL stadium. I mean, uh, Rocket League just uh, partnered with Verizon. Verizon's now the official sponsor for RLCS. And I mean, that's just something that you'd see at any regular sports arena. Uh, just on any banner, Verizon is just like a huge sponsor for everything. But I'd say moving away from Twitch, maybe, I mean, obviously you should still stay on Twitch, but also being able to sign these broadcast rights over to some TV deals, kind of like how we've done with uh, E-League. E-League also is owned by TBS. So they. I'm not, I don't know if they are streaming that on TV. I know they have streamed past E-League tournaments on TV before and it's gotten some good reviews. But I'd just say, I mean t- – the audience for television is just so much bigger than a Twitch going. You kind of have to find Twitch if you're a gamer something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But moving towards a television type of thing and maybe just like being more informative. Because, I mean, everyone grew up like learning the rules of football and stuff, but no one grows up learning the rules of League of Legends or something like that. So if you're having it exposed to such a big audience, you kind of have to explain the game. Because it's a pretty confusing game at a professional level. Uh, yep. but I mean when you have something like Rocket League which it's one of those easy to learn hard to master things like you look at it you understand okay if they have to get the ball in that goal they have to get the ball in that goal like I remember showing uh, I made my mom and or the rest of my family watch RLCS finals for season six I believe which was like 2018 December mm-hmm. and they knew absolutely nothing about the game before that and they they loved watching it it was just a blast
0: yeah I think right there kind of encapsulates like once you get people that aren't that involved or don't have that much knowledge in it once you get them involved and give them that platform like you know someone like yourself like hey this is what they're trying to do this is the goal this is why they're using this item or they're using this character or they're playing on this map or you know they're holding this angle or trying to take this shot um that's like this is their goal then all of a sudden it starts to piece together really fast because like the concepts are still very competitive right it's still you know how do i overcome what my opponent is kind of giving me um in whatever game sense. And that's very relevant, the general idea to soccer, basketball, baseball, football, so on and so forth, any other traditional kind of competition. And, you know, just it just needs to be translated into a different medium, right? And you basically just need a translator, right? Someone like yourself that understands like what Rocket League is, obviously at a high level and being able to teach that, I think is so important. But unfortunately, we have ran out of time. Michael, I think this has been a fantastic discussion about esports in a number of different facets and really bringing to light Um, all the different opportunities and different ways to apply yourselves and become involved in the esports space at whatever level you are, whether it's professionally or collegiately. And also at the high school level, I think some of these ideas are really applicable to them as well. Um, But one last thing, go ahead, plug yourself, tell us where we can find you, stay up to date on your work or anything else that you want to plug, just so we can catch up to all the great stuff you're continuing to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm not really big on social media, but I do have a Twitter. It's at M M A R Q, and my Twitch is at Donny underscore RL, I believe. I am a Twitch affiliate, so if you want to go follow me. But uh, in general, if you want to follow what I've been doing the past few years or what we've scheduled to do in the future, at Esports LSU is a big one. We're one of the best collegiate organizations out there. Uh, we have some top teams always bringing up the competition and everything, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, I give LSU. I think LSU is the uh... – to me, it's, it's awesome because LSU is kind of like a, a big premier name, right? Obviously, one of the best football programs to ever kind of play. Um, and then also, it's really big into eSports as well. So I love seeing that because it kind of ties some of those recognition knots where it's not these smaller D3 colleges that are really big into the eSports space, but no one knows who they are. Um, so I think LSU can, you know, colleges like that that have those names can really help bring that recognition to the next level and be like, hey, This is a smaller school, but they're really good, right? Also, we're pretty good too. (laughs) Um, So I love to see that. But once again, thank you for taking the time to sit down with me on SpinCast today. To all our viewers and audience, stay healthy and stay happy, especially during the current uh, COVID pandemic. Make sure you take care of yourself and your loved ones. And ultimately, stay plugged in.